This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode number 106. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. This is episode number 106 of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is going to be great. We are going to be talking about something that I talked about on the last episode, which was trends to watch in 2017. You know, we're approaching the end of the year here at 2016, and things change quickly. As I record this podcast episode, it's Monday the 12th. Well, I'm recording the intro at least. They just came out with Instagram Live. You can go on your Instagram profile now, go to the stories, and you can go live now. So this is a great topic for why you need to be aware of what things are going on in 2017 because they change so quickly. Now, I always say on the show that no matter what we talk about on the show, it could change 6 to 12 months from now. So I was talking a lot about Snapchat in the last six months, and Instagram's really picked up their game. They're doing a lot of good things that I think is going to make people stay on that platform. They came out with stories. They came out with disappearing stories that you can send to people. Now this Instagram Live, I think it's going to be huge for Instagram. I don't know if it's going to hurt Snapchat, but I think it might. I think it might start taking away from what Snapchat was originally and how people were using it and and focus them more on Instagram. I think Instagram, people are more familiar with it. They know how to use it a little bit more. So this is going to be interesting to see over the next few months what happens with that. Before we get into today's episode, if you ever have had a problem with your phone lines and or online ordering, it goes down. You don't know about it. You lose sales for a couple hours. It always happens on a Friday or Saturday night around 5, 30, 6 o'clock. You should definitely check out the pizzaphonesystem.com. 24-hour, 7-day-a-week, 365-day-a-year support because they work nights and weekends just like we do. Also, you'll never have your downlines again because it goes to a cell tower backup. So it's a great system. Highly recommended. A lot of people have emailed me saying they've switched to these guys and they've had great success, much success, and they love it. Love these guys. They're doing a great thing over there. So go check out pizzaphonesystem.com if you've ever had that problem. Or you never want to have that problem ever again. Because if you go over there and you, ha- and you sign up with the Pizza Phone System guys, you'll never have down phone lines again. Never be at a point in time where a Friday night you lose sales because of no phone lines, which is kind of happens. It's wintertime now, so it's definitely a possibility. Okay, today's episode is going to be great. I'm talking to Christina Mitchell, who is a food blogger. And what she does is she goes into places and, they, and, and then eats there. And then she does kind of reviews about it on her blog. Now, this is going to be something that I think you should be watching out for in 2017 as a way to build your exposure with your local community. Maybe find a local influencer, find a local blogger, team up with them, invite them into your shop. And we talk about the different kinds of food bloggers. There's people who are food bloggers who cook food, and there's people who are food bloggers who go out to places, eat, and then do reviews about it. She's one of the second ones. She goes out to these places, reviews them, eats at the establishments, and then writes about them if they're good. We talk about how you can approach the food bloggers or influences in your area. We talk about different strategies to use for each one of those, each one of the food bloggers they are. If they're a cooker food blogger, a cooker, I don't know what that means. If they're a food blogger that cooks and shows you how to cook items, how to reach out to them and what to do. And then the other one, which is the people who review your places, how you can reach out to them and what you can really do to you know, team up with the local influencer in your area and gain some exposure that way because we all we all know that in 2017 algorithm changes are coming the organic reach is going way down and I've gotten a lot of questions about what can I do for Facebook advertising or how do I advertise on Facebook page every time I post something nothing happens there's a strategy behind that there's a certain way you have to post your posts and communicate to your audience and I think that this is a different way where you can reach your audience 
but you don't necessarily have to post to a social media network. They can do it for you because they've already built up their audience and built up their engagement. And you can kind of ride the wave of their engagement if you do it properly. So I think this is going to be one of the strategies you should look out for in 2017. That being said, if you do need help with your marketing, you know, Facebook marketing or advertising, email marketing, your website, you should definitely check out SPM Marketing. It's our marketing platform that we have specific for each zip code. We only work with one pizzeria per zip code. We've had a lot of people inquire and sign up already. So it's great to start working with you who listen to the show. I really appreciate it. If you have a question about that, if you want to check out if your zip code is available, you can head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. Or if you want, just shoot me an email, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. It goes directly to me, my inbox. I respond to that personally. If you have a question or any concern about that or you want more information, that's my personal email address. All right, that is enough for me. Let's get into this episode with Christina Mitchell of East Bay Dish. All right, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I have a special guest on today. Her name is Christina Mitchell, and she has a food blog over at East Bay Dish, and she also has a podcast called Local Biz Talk, and she was nice enough to come on with us a second time because we already did this interview a few weeks back, and the recording didn't come out so great, and she was kind enough to come back on with us and share some great information on how you can team up with food bloggers and local influencers in your market and try to get the word out there about your business, so... Thank you so much, Christina, for coming on with us again for a second time. I really, really appreciate it. Of course. I had so much fun the first time. Had to had to do it again. <laughs> I always hate doing interviews again, not because I don't like talking to people again. I love it. But I always feel like that first conversation is so good that you can never recreate it. This is true. But I feel like it's been some time, so I don't exactly remember what we talked about anyway. So it's almost as if we're doing it for the first time. <laughs> that's true, because neither do I. So that's great. All right. So <laughs> let's explain who you are and uh, where you're located and kind of what your background is. Okay. I am in Oakland, California. Shout out to Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yes. Love the Bay. Um, I am a food blogger. Um, so I kind of share my adventures eating in restaurants throughout the East Bay. And then through that experience, I've been doing that for seven years, Bruce. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe it's been so long. Yeah. Through that experience, I've kind of developed a lot of the photography and blogging and social media skills. And then now I'm also helping restaurants kind of up level their whole digital marketing game through my podcast and also through um, clients as well. Excellent. How did you get started with the the whole food blog scene? Um, let me see. Okay, so I used to be a high school teacher. Really? <laughs> yes, and it is so such a hard job. I don't know if you know any teachers in your life, yes. but it is hard. <laughs> yes. So you know, um, I'm sitting there, kind of grading papers, and I'm like, hmm, I, I need something delicious, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I just started kind of um, investigating more into what was happening at that time. It was right at the beginning of the Oakland food boom. Like, we're definitely in the middle of kind of this restaurant, like, renaissance right now. And so I started seven years ago, right, as that was just picking off, uh, t just taking off. And then I was just so nosy and people started to ask me where to go. And then I just started writing and and 
the rest of this day is history. <laughs> so I know you said you're a teacher, so you're obviously a better writer. The reason I don't write, you know, I have the podcast here and I do a lot of live video and we do a live video show, but I don't write a lot because I'm a terrible writer. I just had to put that out there. <laughs> you're like, um, but you just stay with your strengths, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like Gary V, you know, he's a, he's like an awesome, like, like, like you awesome with the speaking and the engagement. And that's where he stays in his lane. <laughs> yeah. That's why I wrote, I started to write a couple articles when I first started out because people said to do that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm, I, first of all, I don't like it. I don't like writing. And second of all, I was really bad at it. I have to say that, put it out there. I don't care. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> Own um, it. Yeah. But you're really good at other things. Yeah. <laughs> like I do the podcast here. We do our live video. So you were obviously a pretty good writer because that grew for you and you enjoyed it. That's why you did that. How did you, did you just say, Hey, I'm going to go visit restaurants, the ones that I like, and then I'm going to go back and kind of write about them. And did they notice that you were writing about them? Um, well, so it was kind of, like I said, uh, like I mentioned before in Oakland, it's a special time because, um, like San Francisco was just getting too expensive. And also all these people started coming to Oakland and really the whole scene just kind of flipped over and just got so interesting and creative and delicious and cool. And Oakland is really like kind of a hot spot right now in terms of the food industry, the restaurant industry specifically. Um, and so I was really into just talking about what's new, like what's the new interesting things. Oh, can you believe they have this, this dish? It was like a everything bagel um, in the flavor of a potato. Like, Oh my goodness. Like, I, it was just so interesting and, and and compelling, and I was interested. And then people just started to follow me. And then, no, I could, I still can kind of go into restaurants um, undetected. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have to wear a hat just... and glasses. <laughs> no, I'm not famous or anything. Okay. But um, <laughs> um, when they. But if I tag a restaurant on social media, if I like make a point of sharing something like awesome that they're doing, then they know that I was there. Right. <laughs> After the fact. Yeah. Unless they invite me in. Sometimes they invite me in too. And, and I'm open to that as well. <laughs> so you work with a lot of these restaurants with social media and you know that engagement, I don't want to say engagement is down because some places really have good engagement, but the the organic reach is definitely declining. And I think that's going to be something that is not going to change. You know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram are all have their own algorithms and they're not going to be going back to the when you could post something and it reached all your fans. So one of the predictions that I have for 2017 and for the pizza industry, and I'm sure this can translate into the restaurant industry, is reaching out to local influencers or food bloggers like yourself to kind of build that relationship with them and maybe get some exposure that way. Do you see people doing that in your area or are restaurants in your area reaching out to people like yourself to do that? Some are already doing it and I anticipate more will because I agree with you. Like the, with this declining organic reach, I think people are going to have to be more creative and to find ways to reach more people, right? right? And I think working with influencers is good because that's basically like a, a testimonial from someone that they trust. You know, when I write, um, I'm very, very honest with my readers because I I take that seriously. Like my integrity is, is you know, very important to me. And, you know, I'm not going to steer them wrong. So I can 
tell them the truth about what happened. Like, this was delicious. This was a little tough, but this was delicious, too. You should definitely go and check it out. You know what I mean? I'm always 100% honest with my readers. And because of that, they keep coming back. (laughs) Right, because if you go to a place and, you know, you say it's fabulous because you don't want to hurt the restaurant owner's feeling, and then the people who read your blog go there and they all have bad service or bad experience, then... They're not going to really trust you moving forward, and your your word on your blog is going to kind of be for naught because no one's going to take you seriously. Exactly. Yeah. That now, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever gone into a place and it's just been really, really bad? I mean, you don't have to name the place or anything, but <laughs> has it been like really bad and you're like, oh, I don't really want to write about it because it's so bad. I don't. I feel bad, but then you can't. You have to write about it if it's bad, though, right? You can't just always have good good reviews, I guess. That's such a good question, Bruce. And my kind of philosophy is, I think my readers want to know where to go, not where not to go. Um, So I only write about a place if it is more good than bad. Like if I would go back, or even if it's not necessarily for me, if like, if it's a place more like my brother's style, like if it's some place where I could see, you know, people going and having fun, then I would, I would write about that. Okay. there, there have been, I'd say, a handful of times, maybe three or four times, where I've been invited into a restaurant, even they knew I was coming, <laughs> and it was still horrible. And I just had to, you know, email the PR guy, like, yo, I'm sorry, but I cannot write about it for these seven reasons right here, you know? How, how and did they react he's like, to that? <laughs> he just said, thank you for your feedback, you know? I'm sure They're they gonna... appreciated that more than a bad review. Exactly. Because <laughs> I know when I travel, and I travel a lot driving, you know, well, I live in the Boston area, so I'm on the opposite coast. Um, and we drive down to Florida sometimes or down south. And I know that restaurant owners and pizzeria owners, they don't like Yelp too much because they feel like it's a platform for people to kind of just complain and then there's no recourse for them. They can't, I mean, they could, I guess they could go in there, but they have to pay Yelp and they have to, this is whole rigmarole that goes along with it. But I do use Yelp as a user if I'm in a new market and I don't know the place. The first thing that I do is I Google that restaurant and make sure, and I read the reviews as bad as it is. And I know that it doesn't work fantastic. It's not the best system in the world. I do do that as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yelp is is really touch, touchy. Yeah. It's a really tough subject, right? I tend to use Yelp more as a phone book. Like, I think it's awesome in that, like, a directory and, and even based on place. Like, okay, I need a coffee shop within, like, a half mile of where I am right now. I think it's awesome in that situation. But I don't really trust Yelpers. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I, you know what I do do right. it for? The same as you. I'll use it as a phone book. Or if I see the place has 10 reviews and nine of them are bad and one's good, then I'll kind of maybe the majority yeah. rules on that part. But if, you know, if there's yeah. 10 reviews and three or four are bad and six or seven are good – if the place looks good, it has decent photos, and the website's good, and it has a kind of a social present, maybe I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, overwhelmingly. If it's overwhelmingly good or bad, then I think that you can trust that. But when I travel to new places, I tend to look at kind of like the the Alt Weekly or the, the local publications, like if they have an eater in their market. Like I look at those types of things, and I kind of compare all of them, and then I, I make my eating itinerary that way. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how, how much that's changed over the last 15 years. You know, before, I guess 15 years ago, you just kind of had to wing it. You know, you go into yeah. a place, and it was, a, it was either good or it was bad, and you knew after you had the experience. Now yeah. you can research the place so much more 
there's so much more information available nowadays to your hands, which is kind of good and bad, I guess. I do. And I look at bloggers too, like in the different cities that I'm going to, you know, if I'm planning a trip to LA, I'll look at the LA bloggers. What are they talking about right now? What's cool and interesting, you know? Yeah. So how does someone get to build a relationship with someone like yourself? So you're a food blogger, you have an, you have an audience, you have a local audience. If I'm a local restaurant and I want to get some attention from the local food blog, what's the first step that I have to do? I would say just, um, well, like we mentioned earlier, before you even reach out, make sure your stuff is good, right? <laughs> How do you do that? How do you make sure? Because everybody thinks they're like everybody has the best pizza plaque on the wall. How do you know that yours really is the best and you're serving good stuff? How do you get honest feedback from people? Do you go to your customers and ask them questions or what do you do for that? Yes. I would say ask people that are not related to you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they'll give you honest feedback. Um, and honestly, sometimes I'll I'll be invited to like a soft opening or something like that where it's not necessarily fine tuned. You know, it's it's kind of a, a rough draft, you know, yeah. a soft opening. I'll go to things like that and just to kind of um, check it out, meet people. And then I would give my feedback in a, in a situation like that. I might not necessarily, not necessarily write about it, but um, I, I could see myself going to a soft opening in that situation, you know? Yeah. Now, would you go to a place that's already open? Say I'm a local pizzeria, I'm a restaurant, and I say, hey, Christina, I want you to come in and try us out and see what you think. Would you be open to that? Yeah. And then you write about it after as long as it's decent? Well, I'm, I'm sure the majority of the time, if someone invites you in, they have their they have their stuff together. Exactly. Yeah. I'd say as long as your stuff's together, yeah, you can – to reach out to food bloggers, I would say um, Google, like you search on Google and also Instagram, because there's a lot of people that are kind of like Instagram famous and they might not not even have a website, but they have a lot of influence. You know what I mean? That's a great so, point. So, yeah, yeah. Like I would say um, search on Instagram and Google to find who's talking about food in your city. And then um, you can, if you if they have a an email address, you know, that's easily accessible, you can just send them a note. If not, you can just kind of interact with them on the social platform, you know, like, like their photos, make comments, like just, you know, kind of um, start the relationship that way yeah. before you kind of send them an invitation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, do food bloggers, I don't want to say pay, can people pay food bloggers to talk about their product? Or is it just solely based on their opinion of the place? So you have to have a food blogger come in and try it out and then they give that honest opinion or can you pay someone to say hey can you post on your instagram account i see you have tons of followers can you post on your instagram account you know that you were in our restaurant and i'll pay you money that's a really good question and it's kind of both um so i think if you pay someone to kind of it's a sponsored content bloggers do that um i don't do that at all actually but but total, bloggers do that very much even bloggers that have maybe like there, we didn't talk about the different types of food bloggers. Like there's food bloggers who eat and food bloggers who cook. So I'm a food blogger who eats. So I write about the places I eat out in restaurants. There are other people, food bloggers, that only write about the things that they cook in their kitchen. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so those people are, they tend to do a lot of sponsored content. So, like, if you are, like, a pizzeria, if you send them your jarred, you know, pizza sauce, then you ask them to create um, a, uh, I'm sorry, marinara sauce, 
you ask them to create a recipe using that your product and then you could pay them for you know a sponsored post oh i got you so even if you had you know maybe a take-home pizza kits are kind of popular where the pizzeria will give you the dough the sauce and the cheese and you go cook it at home maybe you could have a, a food blogger who's a who's a cook food blogger you know make giving them one of those for free in or you know pay them to cook on it on their Instagram or Facebook live or whatever they're doing for content. That's what you're talking about? Yes. Yes. And that's kind of like, um, that's your paid, um, advertising. And then the other way that I kind of tend to go more is with restaurants is kind of through the PR aspect. So I'm invited in, you know, on the house, but I have no obligation to write about the place, you know? So, if I like to, if I like it, if it's compelling, if it fits in my editorial calendar, if I just think it's so freaking delicious, my people need to know about it, then I'll write about it. But I'm not, you know, I'm not um, kind of tied to that. I don't have to write about it. You right, know what I mean? Right. It's funny how this is kind of making a big circle where, you know, I think 2017 is going to be a place for people to reach out to you know, food bloggers. And the way that the food bloggers get their content out there is through the internet. Just like it was maybe, you know, 20 years ago. And I'm sure this happens within, you know, the in New York where all the newspapers had reviews, um, where their distribution platform was the newspaper. And now it just it's the same. It's the same circle and the same idea. It's just the way that these people get their message out is just completely different. Yeah, just with the technology, right? It's right. going to keep on getting more and more. I don't know. It's going to keep changing, right? And we right. have to just pivot and and adjust. <laughs> totally. So now you work with – let me ask you one more question about the whole two different types of food bloggers. So the food blogger that cooks at home is one. You can – an idea for that is to send them either your, your, your marinara sauce or your pizza sauce or your dough and have them kind of maybe pay them to cook something with it and promote it that way. And the other type of food blogger is the person who – goes out and reviews kind of restaurants. Like they'll eat there. They're not a cook. They don't make food for their social networks. They just talk about where they've gone and what they've eaten. Do those people have promoted posts or sponsored posts or anything like that? Or are they more, more traditionalists? Um, I have seen, especially the people that are Instagram famous, you know, they've got tens and hundreds of thousands of followers. I have seen those people take on um, sponsored posts for Instagram. Uh -huh. And so they might go into like the the cafe once a month or whatever the agreement is um, in order to share pictures with their Instagram following. I have seen that happen, but less frequently. Okay. Um, yeah. And also I wanted to say for the food blogger that is going to cook the pizza kit at home, um, you can also just send a pizza kit for free and without paying them and see, you can, you can take a chance and see if they will write about it. You know what I mean? That yeah, can't hurt, right? Yeah, it can't hurt. Um, it also depends on the size of the following. You know, if it's a blogger that's just starting out, um, they would probably be really, really excited to taste some new things and, and share information with their, with their community. If it's a blogger that's got a really huge following, then that's going to be um, harder to get to their audience for free. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's like that with everything, though. Like the more, the the I don't want to say the bigger you get or the the more popular you get, the harder it is to break through the noise. Like I'm sure once someone reaches a certain amount of followers, they got tons of people that are doing exactly that. So it's going to be harder for you to kind of stand out. Right. But at the same time, um, some of the small communities are still really 
um, effective. I mean, it's really effective to reach out to them because those people are really connected to their audience. Whereas if it's a if it's a blogger with a really huge audience, they might not be as connected. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. So there's positive and negative to everything. Yeah, I always say like it doesn't matter how many followers you have. It's more I look at more the engagement you have with your followers. I'd rather have a hundred followers who comment and like everything that I do rather than a thousand where five percent or ten percent. Because those other ninety, what are those other nine hundred followers for anyway? Yeah, exactly. More, much more about engagement. Yeah. Right. So, what do you do? Let's talk about what you do a little bit with the people you work with in your area. So, you are a social media manager. Is that kind of what you do for them? Yes. Uh huh. What does that What does that mean? Let's describe that so anybody at home can, if they need help with this, can kind of figure it out. So basically, I um, kind of create social media calendars, I come up with a content and I post on behalf of my clients. So it's kind of fun. Bruce. I'm like, I assume um, the identity of all of these brands, you know, I take off this hat and put that hat on. It's really awesome. And then I create campaigns around whatever's going on in their restaurant. So I have a client that uh, is a Mexican restaurant, and they were just having a festival, a celebration for Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. And so I, they, they kind of sent me some photos, and I created like a whole calendar to tell everybody about their celebration coming up and get the word out. And it was awesome. We had a really, we had a really successful event and people came and ate and drank and it was delicious. <laughs> How did you promote that? Did you use Facebook or Instagram or all of it? All of it. Yes. It's a lot um, of work, right? Yeah, it's, it is a lot of work, but I like it because it's creative. You know, I get to use my, my, my creative side of my brain and try different things. It's it's really all about testing and tweaking because every community is slightly different. You know, what works with this client might not work with that client or, you know, so it's, it's kind of always changing and it's always, um, but I feel like I'm always learning. So that's why I like it. <laughs> it is. Social media is, is a constant change. It's always something new to learn too. Exactly. Now, yeah. do you find people come to you when they, if they need help because they're too busy or because they're not creative. And I, and I know that it's hard to say that a restaurant tour or restaurant owner isn't creative because they have to be somewhat creative, but maybe just the creativity of writing about what you do isn't in their repertoire. Yeah. I think it's also, it's kind of both. And like you said earlier, some people um, don't, aren't, aren't, they're not comfortable with writing, right? Right. So sometimes they might have a picture, but they don't know what to write in the caption. And it's that feeling of overwhelm and confusion. Like, I don't even know what to say about this. And I help people kind of come up with things to say. So you kind of like let them brainstorm with them how to explain it so that would they, not so much that they know what it's like, but for their restaurant audience knows what what that dish would be like without even having to eat it yes the goal is always um to kind of um connect with their following and to um kind of make the make their people feel an emotion you know like whoa that looks delicious i can't wait to try that oh yeah i'm looking for a place to take my son for their birthday that would be a good place you know like all these kinds of solutions to problems, um, that's what I'm, I'm looking for. And I also post a lot of, um, I repost a lot of 
customer photographs. So say a, a customer goes in for a date night and yep. they post a picture and they tag the restaurant. Then I'll repost that like, oh, thanks so much for coming in on your date night. So then like I'm not I'm not directly saying you guys should come in on your date night, but I'm kind of saying these people came in. They had a great time. Maybe you can, too. Right. You're <laughs> insinuating that it's a great place for date night. Exactly. Now, mm-hmm. do you suggest the audience tag you in photos? Is that something you do on social media? Definitely. Yes. I suggest that for everything that you're doing. If, if you want to get the word out at all, I suggest tagging everybody. You know, the, the restaurant, the people that are there, um, the, the neighborhood, you know, any, any different level. Um, I, I suggest post tagging everybody so that people are connected. You know, that's kind of the point of social media, unless you, you're like kind of want to go in covertly and you're just not wanting to get the word out you know right right so you have a podcast too what's the name of your podcast my podcast is called local biz talk and yeah i just started it but it's awesome we talk about social media and also other um kind of other ways that businesses can improve their their whole game (laughs) awesome do you talk to local places local restaurants or you talk to your clients or who do you talk to on there yeah, so I'm like I said, I'm based in Oakland. I talk to mostly people on this side, but we talk about um, how to get products into stores. We talk about kind of hiring practices. It's awesome because I we kind of alternate. I'll do one week where I share so I share my strength, and then I'll interview somebody else the next week about one of their strengths. Because I feel like, you know, in local business, we're in this together. And so, you know, if I have a strength, you have a strength, we help each other, everyone will benefit. So it's all about supporting the local food industry wherever you are. But, um, yeah, my, my, my people are over here. And so I'm starting on this side of the country. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Where can people find that podcast? On iTunes and Stitcher Radio? Yep, it's on those, Local Biz Talk. And I also have my website is christinamitch.com. Excellent. Where can uh, so if someone wants to get started with the food blogger, you know they listen to this podcast. Like I think that's a great idea. I'm gonna listen to Christina and Bruce and go out there and try to contact someone in my area. What's the first thing that they should do? Definitely look on Google and Instagram okay. for who are the influencers. So like if you're in Boston, food blogger, I would I would like Google that, search for that on Instagram. Look at the different hashtags on Instagram as well. Um, they're probably different in every city, like hashtag Boston eats or, you know, Boston food or whatever. I'm not sure what, what they are in your city, but do a little searching. Right. And then kind of see who's using those hashtags. And then you can start to see who are the influencers and who are people following and, you know, all breadcrumbs lead to somewhere delicious, right? Yep. (laughs) And then you can just send them an email or should you ever message them on Instagram or is that not appropriate? Um, you mean for a DM or something? Yeah. No, I think, I think it would be more appropriate. You can start the relationship on Instagram. Definitely. You know, liking and commenting. Um, but for the DM, I would say maybe, Hey, we'd love to have you in the restaurant one day. Can we, do you have an email address? We can send an invitation to something like that. Perfect. Maybe. Yeah. Excellent. So give out your website one more time so people know where to get a hold of you. And if you're on Twitter or Facebook or on Instagram, all that stuff too. I'm on all of those. And you can find me at ChristinaMitch.com. Um, Instagram is Christina Mitch. 
Um, no, I'm sorry. Instagram is <laughs> Twitter is Christina Mitch. Instagram is Hey Christina Mitch. And I would love to support however I can. Excellent. We'll link up all that in the show notes too. So if you're listening to this later, uh, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. Just type in Christina Mitchell in the search bar up there. It'll bring up this episode and you can find her links to her podcast, her website, and on social media. Christina, thank you so much for doing this a second time. I think this one was better than the first one. I think so, yeah. We're, we well, got better with eight. Yeah, exactly. So thank you so much for joining me again. I super appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right, thank you so much to Christina for coming on. And like we mentioned in the podcast episode, we had to do this twice. So she's actually been a two-time guest on the podcast. Thank you so much to her. Go check out her blog, her podcast, her Twitter, Instagram. I will link that all up in the show notes. This is episode number 106. So you can just go to smartpizzamarketing.com, search the box there. You can either put Christina Mitchell or episode 106 and everything for this episode. The notes, the links to her website and social media will pop up there and you can easily find it right there. Okay, follow me on Twitter. I am at Irving Media. But do a little Snapchat. I've been quiet lately. Been working a lot of onboarding a lot of clients lately. So on Instagram or Snapchat, uh, even on Facebook, I've been quiet. Been really just hustling in the background here. So we'll be getting right back on that once we get onboard all these new clients. We we have a system in place. I'll get right back on Snapchat, which I'm at Smart Pizza Tips, or follow me on Instagram. I am at Smart Pizza Marketing. I am going to be trying out this Instagram Live lately. So if you're listening to this. And you want to join us for the show that we do every Tuesday night, uh, you can find the show at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash SPM show. This is the last of our series of shows. This is going to be towards Christmas time, and then we'll we'll be having a new series of shows starting up in January. Working on a lot of good stuff for January and February. Really great guests lined up. Really great podcast episodes. It's going to teach you a lot of different things that you could be doing. And we're going to be interviewing a lot of people who are really heavily using social media for particular businesses and want to try to extract some of those tactics that they're doing that are working right now in the beginning of 2017. So you can take those and run and really use those in your business. If you want to shoot me an email, my name is Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. That's not my name. That is my email address, but it's kind of my name. Shoot me there if you have a question or a topic you want covered on the show. I've been getting a lot of comments lately about maybe doing a little bit more simplified version of Facebook advertising, maybe going through the basic steps. We know we, we really dive deep into them. Uh, maybe it's we just understand them and we do them all the time, so we have a, a really heavy knowledge and we assume that everybody else does. So maybe we'll do an episode of basic Facebook marketing. If you wanted me to do that, shoot me an email, just say yes, Facebook marketing, yes, in the, in the subject line, and maybe we'll work on a show like that. Uh, also, if you need any help with your marketing, you should check out SPM Marketing. Shoot me an email, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. And you know what? If you could do me a huge favor, everything else aside, go leave me a review on iTunes. Give me a five-star review and a rating. That would really help me grow the show. When I do reach out to these people who are going to come on and share their knowledge of the show, maybe their expertise is in Snapchat or Instagram or heavy social media users for Domino's or Arby's. So I'm going to be getting all those guys on the show. They go out and they check the show. The more reviews I have on there, the more legitimate the show seems to them and the more likely they will become on. They will say, yes, I can hammer them with questions for you that you can go take and implement in your business. So if you could do me a huge favor, go leave me a review on iTunes. I think we're at 18 reviews now. That's awesome. I appreciate every single one of them. I want to get it up to like 25 or 30 in the next couple of months. That's my goal. So if you could do that for me, that would be fantastic. I know you're super busy. If you go to smartpizzamarketing.com, 
right at the bottom there, there's a little button that says iTunes reviews. If you just hit that button, it brings you right to the place where you need to leave a review. So I've made it super easy for you to do that. And a lot of people have used that already. So if you could do that for me, that would be great. Otherwise, we'll see you on the live show Tuesday night or on social media or next week right here on the podcast, smartpizzamarketing.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I super appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Have a great week.